random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists Presents Mischievous Musings, a low-key podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into talking about episode number four of Loki, what is it called, Eddie? Papers wrestling. Sorry, heart of the TVA. Yes, the heart of rock and roll is still beating. But Huey. Let's talk about some things before we talk about the episode at hand, because, you know, we try and keep this as uh, concurrent as humanly possible. So recently some uh, footage, or not footage, but uh, concept art ended up just getting recently released on social media from Spider-Man No Way Home. And I got a big kick out of that. It's involving uh, two moments. They have the characters battling in all these different universes of the uh, previous Spider-Man movies. One of them is on the Oscorp Tower from the Amazing Spider-Man films. That was pretty cool. Like, you... You really need to watch those movies again and again to get that, because I did not even understand. You know, I'm like, oh, cool, that's the Oscorp building, I guess. I guess. It said it in the caption, that's what it is. I'm like, cool, that just looks like generic building in the city number 75, but uh, whatever. Uh-huh. But there are two that I got a really big kick out of. The first one was Spider-Man and Doctor Strange fighting, you know, through all the different multiverses, and the one multiverse they fight in is the Raimi-verse, and the Raimi-verse is featuring... Everyone's favorite professional wrestler, Bonesaw McGraw, yeah, say the name, brother. But, you know, you see that going on, and then you end up seeing a return of another character as they fight, you know, side to side, alongside the legend himself, Mr. Ditkovich. Yes, Rent himself, Rent. Mr. Mr. Ditkovich. <laughs> so, obviously, those scenes didn't happen, but it always makes me laugh because you'll see these concept footage images concept uh you know scenes and everything all of this stuff that you know didn't make it into the final product and you're just like why not why wouldn't you do that uh-huh. one of my favorite things in recent memory was uh, i think it was infinity war or endgame they made a uh, marvel hot toys of doctor strange and he has the iron man armor oh boy and it was from a deleted scene oh oh so you I cannot there's a lot of stuff like, why would he have that? I don't know, but that's kind of cool. Like, it's part of the armor or whatever. Didn't do it, but that's fine. But a lot of stuff, you know, leaves, the, you know, gets left on the cutting room floor and even, you know, doesn't even make it to the, uh, you know, actual film process, which kind of is a bummer. But I feel like those two scenes would have been really fun. Although that movie is, very, like, I feel like those scenes should have been done instead of, you know, the, uh, the clap breaks that they do in the movie instead because like it feels again I will continue to mention this in Spider-Man No Way Home when Tugboat McGuire and Andrew Garfield and friends show up on screen and there's a prolonged silence after they're introduced like hey everybody oh my god it's Toby it's like we we know we know we're watching the same movie yeah but when you're watching it on home video it's so prolonged and awkward it's actually it it becomes awkward and then turns around and becomes absolutely hilarious because it's just so, like, it's the pregnant pause. It's like, yep, well, 
going to double tap on my screen and go 10 forward, 10 seconds. We're good to go. <laughs> that may be a reflection of uh, what we see in this episode with a couple of prolonged, long, silent type stuff. I would say so. But another thing that's going on in regards to Marvel, we're uh, getting ready for the road to the Marvels. There's, you know, rumor and innuendo going on right now on social media pertaining to the movie that apparently there is a big post credit scene that, you know, oh, okay. was added last minute. Although I'm hearing, you know, I feel like these leakers will say things like that. It's like, there's going to be a big post credit scene in this Marvel movie. And it's like the way they word it is like, it's something common knowledge. Like, huh. you're not going to miss this episode of The Marvelists. Peter's going to make a really shitty <laughs> joke. <laughs> you add an extra word in there, and it's just to something that you already know is going to happen. But it's going to be like, he's going to make a shitty joke. Yeah, wait, he, wait a minute, a, he's going to do that? Or a big post credit scene, yes. Yeah, and it's like, it's going to be the same thing, but I feel like you're telling the audience, hey, this is going to happen. No, we, we, we know. You're just doing this for clicks now, dude. And I understand that. That's perfectly fine. You get your revenue that way. But it's also kind of like just, a, it's really lazy journalism. And I feel like, I feel like I we shouldn't be giving them the attention for this, but I just had to get on my soapbox for that little bit of like, Get, get your shit together, guys. Put in a little bag or something. I don't know. But, and then the last one, my wallet's going to be kicking me in the dick. I swear to God. So, okay. re- in recent months, I got back into uh, playing something that I used to, I used to jokingly say, yeah, I got to get out of it because it's getting to be too expensive of a hobby. So, I'm going to get into comics instead. And... I used to play in my college years a card game by the name of Magic the Gathering. And if you're a fan of the game, you know exactly how pricey it can get after a while. And, yeah, it it definitely can. Uh, I recently got back in because, like, a group of friends of mine, you know, they've always been playing for years. I'm like, you know what? I miss seeing my friends and miss doing this with them. Might as well get back in. (laughs) You want to be friends with us again? Play Magic the Gathering. Kind of. Okay. But, you know, like, not really. You know what I mean. Tough friends you got there. But one of the things that, you know, kind of got me back in was seeing, hey – they're doing Magic the Gathering meets Lord of the Rings. And it's like literally Magic the Gathering cards with Lord of the Rings characters, uh, iconography, weapons, you know, just things that are trademarks of the J.R.R. Tolkien universe. And it's a part of uh, Magic's uh, line of cards called Universes Beyond. And over the last few years, they've been doing a lot of really weird shit to the point where I'm, I've made the comment um, that... You know, I went to uh, friends of the, uh, friends of the show Haven for Heroes in Port Jervis, New York, because they're a big Magic the Gathering store. Yeah. And I go in there, and I was talking about how, like, yeah, you know, I want to get the Transformers Magic the Gathering cards because I just heard about those too. Like, that's really weird. Like, it's it's a sword and sorcery, you know, everything kind of like you know, dwarves and elves and orcs and shit. All this stuff they're fighting each other. And then, like, just randomly, you know what? We're owned by Hasbro. Let's throw Transformers in here for no reason as a joke. Cool. Let's do it. I don't care. So I Bring more I, people in. That's all. It kind of is. It really is one of those kind of things. And I ended up getting into it, and I, you know, heard about the Transformers ones. And then one of the clerks at Haven for Heroes just remarks, yeah, but you missed the Godzilla ones. And I just stopped in my tracks and go, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Whom is in Magic the Gathering? Godzilla, Gojira himself. Yeah, I guess so. And he goes, yes. (laughs) There's Mecha Godzilla. There's Mothra. All these different characters. A plethora of all of these kaiju. 
And then he goes, yeah, they've been doing a lot of weird stuff. They have My Little Pony in there, which I'm like, you know what? That makes perfect sense considering the crossover appeal of both fandoms. You also have The Walking Dead. You have this. You have that. And they do it through these things called secret layer drops, which are like limited edition cards. Recently, and there is a point to this, I assure you, but they recently did these secret layer drops where they're, you know, reskins of other cards. Like a regular card, like let's say the card is called uh, Steve the Warlord, right? And then it's actually, they took, you know, like Ash from Evil Dead and they put Ash from Evil Dead over the Steve the Warlord card, but it's still a Steve the Warlord, but now it's got the picture of Ash on it. So that's, that's why like people buy it. of the Marvel comic thing, the, was it Lenticular? No, no, not at all. But it's, it's just like a reskin. Like it's, you're playing the character, but now it's got, you know, a fancy like hat on it. But they also started making other ones. Like they have for uh, this month, it's Princess Bride. So if you want to play trading cards... You know, it's been my dream to run a Magic the Gathering Commander deck <laughs> with Godzilla, Billy Crystal, Jeff Goldblum, because that's actually happening next. They're doing a uh. Ju- Jurassic Park drop, and it's going to have Jeff Goldblum's character as a card. Not Jeff Goldblum himself. I wish there was a Jeff Goldblum card. Tap one, two. Uh, um, uh, but there's a point to this. So... They have the secret layer drops, which are limited edition things. Like, you know, like you're paying $30 for about five or six cards, but they're special design and you can't get them anywhere else. Flip side, there is a line of Magic the Gathering cards called Universes Beyond, where it's an entire set. They recently just did a Universes Universes Beyond, I believe, uh, series of Doctor Who. And to be completely honest, the perfect way to get me back into getting into something is actually doing a Magic the Gathering set because... I read all of J.R.R. Tolkien's books because of the uh, magic set. Because I'm like, you know what? If I'm playing this, I might as well read this. I'm a lapsed Whovian, a big Doctor Who fan, and they just came out with four card decks of of, uh, Magic the Gathering X Doctor Who. So I'm, you know, rediscovering, you know, the uh, 2005 series. I'm up to uh, the David Tennant stuff. Loving the hell out of it, right? And during our diner nights, when we play at this diner nearby... We play Magic, and one of uh, my friends there, Greg, made an off-comment, and he said, you know what would be really cool? If they did Magic the Gathering Marvel with X-Men. And I said, Greg, that's not going to happen because of licensing. God damn it, Greg. (laughs) He's a warlock. It's your fault, Greg, because it was just announced this week, (laughs) and I... We don't know when it's going to be. We're assuming it's going to be 2024, 2025, but it's going to be Magic the Gathering X Marvel, and it's going to be Magic the Gathering cards involving the Marvel Universe. So we're going to be seeing sets. We're going to be seeing this. We're going to be seeing everything. And With any luck, we'll get an interview for the creators. Oh, I actually would... I We have... uh, I'll say some stuff off mic in regards to that, but we'll, I would actually be interested in getting some stuff for that. Yep. But let me tell you, um, my wallet is a hurting now because when I heard about that, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Because I very badly want these. I very badly want to see what they're going to do because they have these different things in Magic called artifacts. They have instants. They have sorceries. And we're all speculating what the uh, big artifact of all of these can be. Artifacts are items where it's like, you know, like a sword, and you equip that sword to your character by tapping X number of cards to, you know, activate it, right? This belongs in a museum. 
And one of the cards that people are expecting is going to be the Infinity Gauntlet. And, you know, one of them is like it's going to be multicolored. So it's going to be, you know, red, black and green and uh, all the, the main colors of magic. And oh, my God, like we're. There is a comic strip. And by the way, I also partially blame a friend of the show, WWE referee Jason Ayers, because he's the one we, we've had conversations many a night in regards to magic. He's partially the guy responsible for me getting back on the horse of the uh, quote-unquote cardboard crack of magic as a result of playing Magic Arena. And now I'm running seven command or I'm running uh, eight commander decks. I'm running two standard. It's 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 a thing, but that's what this is. And you know that's a little bit of housekeeping before we start even talking about this. But yeah, so I should have maybe said at the top of the hour if you want to fast forward, like fast forward like ten fifteen minutes. But didn't say that so. Sorry. Okay. Just keep fast forwarding if you want to hear about Loki. Hey, you're here for Loki, right? We're there. Yeah, just a little bit of housekeeping, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway. Two-thirds now through the show. Sure am, but it's well, just going to be like a f- Marvel for the Blind. This happened in this episode. This happened in this episode. Yes. Yep. As they say, the TVA's loom nears catastrophic failure, but Loki, Mobius, and Sylvie have a he who remains variant. A hee-haw himself. We have... A Hulk. No, that's where it came from, I think. At least it equated to that right away to me. I don't see that. It, you don't see that? No. They have a He Who Remains Variant. We have a He Who Remains Variant. There we are. If you don't see it, open your eyes. I just think they're just repeating the same thing. Ah, okay. This one starts off where the last one left off with Miss Minutes and Renslayer uh, discussing in front of the dead He Who Remains. And Minutes saying... Uh, Maybe we don't need He Who Remains. Maybe we never did. I don't know. Uh, but we get the three Kang golden face close-up and a portal that timely comes through and quote-unquote sees himself. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're off. We're going. Where are we, where are we going? Timely sees his loom. We, we get to a part where we have mutual fanboying out between Timely and Obi. I was a big fan of that because I feel like that is definitely an example of uh, the writers putting themselves into this because when you're a Marvel uh, creator or, you know, creator of content in the Marvel Universe and you meet your fellow creators, even if you're, you know, a a screenwriter, you're a comic writer, you fanboy out. Like, I know a lot of creators who have met certain Marvel creators in the, you know, the comic industry and they just, like, gush to them. Mm -hmm. like. I remember a few years ago, a former wrestler, a former WWE UFC fighter, CM Punk, he uh, he came along and he hosted a panel with Jim Starlin at New York Comic Con one year. Jeez. He was the moderator and all the fans were asking him questions about his return to wrestling and he's just like, could you guys shut up and just talk to Starlin? <laughs> because he really is like a big Starlin fanboy. Like, yeah. Honest to God, like when I I love seeing a lot of these, you know, the creators, like they they show the love for the Marvel creators. We wouldn't be getting what we're getting without them, yeah. obviously. Yeah, absolutely. CM Punk uh, belated birthday wishes. He had he had one. This yes, he did. Past week. Yep. I wish he was friend of the show. That would be a cool one. Oh, for you more more than me for sure. You maybe. too, though. He, he but, used to work yes. at a comic shop. He could have given you discounts if you knew him. If I knew him, but you didn't. So I can't. Don't know what the point of that was. I don't know. 
We have an extreme close-up of the hot, fresh coffee Whoa. trunk. Chocolate soup. I never heard it that way, but no, apparently it's, it's, it's cocoa. No, Eddie, it's not chocolate soup. That's what it said. That's what I saw on the machine. Maybe you, you read saw it. Different... You, oh, boy. That's what it says, yes. but you read it as chocolate soup, but what it's trying to be is coffee, chocolate, soup. There's three different options. That's what they were reading it as, Eddie, not as chocolate soup. It looked like a freestyle-related machine. To, it's not trying to be chocolate soup. Now, See, now, thanks to you, I will be referring to Cocoa. Cocoa is, would you like a cup of chocolate soup? Yep. That's what <laughs> I think. Holy crap, Eddie. Really? I'm like, what timeline are they in for they're calling it no, chocolate soup? No, it's not soup. calling it chocolate soup. It's hot cocoa. But they, I... that's a machine that serves soup in there. Yes. That's what yes. it's saying. Not chocolate soup. The grouping of the words told me hot fresh coffee and chocolate soup. Yeah, no, it's not chocolate soup. It's chocolate and soup. Okay. Well, it was new to Timely also. What it is, was new what to you this? too. New to You know what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. But we're back to pie because Mobius says, well, while we're waiting for I'm Timely very... and OB to do stuff, let's go get some pie. And Sylvia's like, what are you even talking about? Oh, I'm very upset about the fact that they did not incorporate more pictures of pie. They did a fairly good job. They, they this did one in the pre- as well. well. They did more in the previous episode. Yeah, and they sh- you see what it's like, and in this maybe in like in the other in the other previous episode where you saw the extent of the room, it seems to be t- a circular. Yeah, it's room. like one of the old school uh, cafeterias, and yeah. I gotta say, I really like that when we're seeing things like this in the Marvel universe. The uh, set direction is something that I absolutely hail them for because that did not. That probably cost a pretty penny to recreate and all that stuff because, like, where can you find a place that still has the, that old school style? You don't see that anymore. Like, that is a relic of the 1950s, 1960s, and that's long gone. I, for, I forgot what the, they're called, the commissaries, I think. Perhaps. You might have had to check with the people who made the movie Hairspray for some reference. I don't know. Well, that's 2005. Like that. I'm talking about the setting that they had to recreate for the 60s. Yeah, so. they had more money. Maybe. But, uh, oh no, I'm kidding. The mouse has a lot of money. <laughs> but here we are, Sylvie, calling it Pieland, and and the then the inter- the altercation. Which here's here's a long pause. That was the first one I think of this episode where the the exchange is is uh, Sylvia saying whatever we do, we're playing gods. There's the long pause in the round pie room, and Loki saying we are gods. So that's got some meaning, perhaps, or making you stop to think about what they're doing in the whole scheme of this whole thing or not and, and then we have Rens, uh, Renslayer and Minutes portaling to the TVA uh, holding cell block and we have the uh, oh I called it a squeeze box play and I want to mention you know where uh, you know every once in a while I'll like mirror off of this the uh, article off of uh, screenran.com you know they actually point out that Ravona's secret history she's the original Renslayer and you know Ravona Renslayer, she has a secret history in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe and has a secret history in the Marvel Comics. And, like, I'll read you what they wrote. Learning that she was a commander of armies during the first multiversal war and a key ally of he who remains, Ravona Renslayer's secret history in the MCU mirrors how critical she was to Kang the Conquerors in the original Marvel Comics. On the page, Ravona gave Kang new motivation for his conquests, and they shared a tumultuous romance across time and space. While Victor timely rejected her, it will be interesting to see if Ravona might form a relationship with a different Kang variant in the future. Yeah, that's the part we missed from the beginning, so thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Yeah, the alliance that was going to be the answer to the last episode, uh, it's not quite a cliffhanger. That minute said, you're going you're to find out. I want to tell you something that's going to make you angry. That's got to be it. It's got to be Kang. That's got to that's gotta be Kang. That's yeah. got to be Kang. 
It's gotta be Kang. Instead of me. There we go. Or me. Uh, we have Miss Minutes controlling all the machines. It's good that, and maybe we didn't realize it until later, like, hey, all you gotta do is reboot and you knock out Miss Minutes. I gotta say, I love how when you see her quote unquote die with the reboot, yeah. and you see like that, you know, Terminator looking eye that she has. <laughs> going into the, uh, what's it called? The basic ASUS, I believe it's called. Uh, the, you know, computer keyboard, like, you know, the keys, uh, the, uh, keystroke version like how she looks like you know like the little okay yeah that was one of the most oddly enough that was uncomfortable and i was waiting for a jump scare for that because i feel like they were going for that like they huh. had it kind of when she turns into the terminator-esque looking character but it was i was waiting for that jump scare that didn't show up well ms minutes is perfect for the jump scares by the way yeah we oh, have no. that established in the first season yeah no question like, anywhere anytime can happen and and she you know tries to get out these words she's breaking up she's breaking up i need to tell you i need to tell you and, and then, then you have yeah, a change of how she sounds too yes the, oh, uh, the, and, and the look you know with the eye you'll never be him yeah saying it the timely well i want to know is there a more i feel like this is one of those characters and marvel has been doing this a lot in the disney plus series making truly frightening characters out of things you wouldn't expect like you look at wandavision and there are so many creepy uncomfortable moments as a result of the consequences and the circumstances that they're in you look at this there's a lot in there too like ms minutes alone is a character that on paper, you look at her like, yeah, whatever, it's a cute-looking character. And then you realize, why is she a cute-looking character? Because that's, you know, you're getting that psychological reaction of making it so unnerving and uncomfortable. And I love them for doing that. But I am curious how they're going to bring her back. Because they have to bring her back. Like, she will be back, and it's going to be... Yeah, we still have two episodes. Yeah, we sure do. <laughs> No, uh, 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 that's what she said earlier, which, by the way, I love that reference. Jumping a little bit forward on that, because you know what that's a reference to, right? I think I missed it. Jurassic Park. Wayne Knight's character. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes, word. yes. Ah, ah, ah. When they were doing that, yes. like, it is so on the nose. That was the very first thought I thought of. And once again, I love that they did that, you know? Yeah, that was in between the access denied parts, right? Now, I would say overall we're going to be getting, you know, characters like a Ms. Minutes, you know, very uncomfortable. Like this show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier... Pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. 
Okay, let me ask you, where do you see Ms. Minutes lining in the upcoming multiversal war with Secret Wars? Do you see her being involved? I, if they want to, yeah, okay. How and why would you do it? She's going to be multiversal, multi-universal. But why? And be able to... Because Kang. <laughs> but Kang, she's, why? She's the animated version of, of He Who Remains. That she can time jump and all that stuff as well. I feel um, like she is a key part of the Marvel Universe, and we don't know it just yet. She could be the accomplice to Kang. You think so? Yeah. That no, actually no, makes no, perfect no, no, sense. Now that you're bringing it up, sure. Are there char- Could you imagine like some of the uh, main mainline Marvel characters interacting with her? Yeah, possibly. And it's all going to come off as being innocent and, oh, she's cute, whatever. Um, but you just don't let her out of your sight. Yeah. At the same time. Whoa, oh, here she comes. Watch out, boy. She will chew you up. Uh, man-eater, thank you. Yes. All notes. Whoa, that's how I knew. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, so we have an entranced X5 by Sylvie, who prunes Renslayer, and the only one maybe suited to, to do what has to be done with the uh, loom is timely. But he goes outside, and he's spaghettified. a la Reed Richards. In you know where multiverse, that's what I thought of anyway. And it wasn't pretty. That no. was that was another horrific type moment. And the and the meltdown eminently happening of the temporal loom. Fade to black. Let's talk about uh, the spaghettification of Time Kang. Now he can be everywhere. That's I, what I so partially thought. I love that so many people are taught like they use the spaghettification for her. I think that is absolutely, I mean, for him, that is absolutely perfect. And I believe, in my opinion, this is going to be one of those... Uh, Take it or leave it. What? It's going to be happening again. Like, there is going to be another character where that happens to, and it's going to... Reed is going to be the very first thing. Because I'll be honest, ladies and gentlemen, I watched the episode last night as of this recording on Saturday, watched it on Friday night, and I was like, you know what? Like, I... As I've made plainly aware on this show, I really don't care very much for this show for the most part because it's it's just filler right now for me. I feel like the strength of the uh, connection is not there yet. Once we get to a certain point, then yes, I will be on board. Hope, you know, God willing. But I was looking up, you know, spoilers and I was like, might as well just check out some of this stuff. And then I'm seeing like that big thing at the end. I'm like, that's it. That's what all of we're talking about is like the big, the quote unquote big spoiler that you know he quote unquote dies but doesn't. It's Kang. Of course he's not dead. Why would he be dead? Who thought he was going to be dead? I you know I understand that you know there's that, but then I'm like seeing like I'm on uh, Facebook and I'm seeing no context, um, no context spoilers of the scene right. And one of the no context spoilers was a picture of John Krasinski as Reed Richards. And I just go, oh, damn it. No, not him again. <laughs> We're really going to get John Krasinski back. Because I thought, like, maybe, oh, that's how Reed Richards is introduced again, reintroduced, is this episode. Nope, that was not the case. But I was just like, oh, come on, man. Stop giving those dumb shit fans what they want. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, boy. I would rather have anyone else other than John Krasinski. <laughs> He, he was not very good in the movie. I, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's catering to now the annoying fans. I think Idris Elba should be everything, and I think Nathan Fillion should be everything. Uh-huh. Every single role. 
Every single role. Every single role. John Krasinski will be played by Idris Elba, and Idris Elba will be played by John Krasinski, and everything. <laughs> oh, it gets tiring. It get, I, I stopped caring about fan casting oh so long ago when I saw the same three actors get done with every, of everything. Oh. Hey, I think Jensen Eccles should play something. That's nice, sweetheart. Hey, I think Bruce Campbell should play something. That's nice, sweetheart. I don't care anymore. But... I think the idea of, you know, that ending, like, it, it's a big ending. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But it's not. In scope and size and brightness and then that darkness that just from stays a visual, there for a from while. From a visual standpoint, the cinematography, that was excellent. I like, you know, seeing that, you know, the brightness continually get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And, again, it is it is really good with how it looks. And I think that this is... Set di- set direction and overall visual appeal is what makes this show as strong as it is. It sure as shit ain't the writing, but from a visual standpoint and also performance-wise. Performance-wise, everyone's been acting their asses off. And it's kind of a case of Secret Invasion again where Secret Invasion sucked. Like, let's be real here, ladies and gentlemen. That was one of the worst things I've seen in the Marvel Universe in a very, very, very long time. But I cannot deny... Everyone did their damnedest. This is no exception. The writing on here is average at best. But, you know, as someone who's been watching this stuff for, you know, 13 plus years now, mm-hmm. you know, you, I have a bit of a high standard. And, I, you know, that to, is to my detriment after a while. Yeah, well, the films have mostly set it up that way. And maybe the shows don't measure up quite. Unfortunately. Well. But, yeah. like, you know, lately some of the movies have not either. But. I am hoping there is a return to form very soon. We had that recently with Guardians Volume 3. We had that with a major chunk. I keep saying that. A major chunk of the Marvel MCU Disney Plus shows have. Because, come on. WandaVision, Hawkeye, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Three great shows. Moon Knight, great show. Loki Season 1. No, no, Siri, not you. But... I thought you had your own Miss Minutes there. No. Oof. Although that would be pretty great, I admit pretty that. Freaking scary too. But there's there's a lot going on, and I feel like we are currently at a point in the Marvel universe where there's gonna be some quality control coming soon. Because also damage. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I will keep saying it. The biggest benefit of the writer's strike was you know everything getting shut down for a little bit because now it's like a self reflection of. Oh, we gotta fix this. We gotta do that. Like, they get I, to look back and see. All right, what did we do? Oh, wait a minute. That should be uh, not that. Mm-hmm. And it's a bummer too, by the way. Did you? And it, it's uh, self-reflective of a lot of things. Are you aware that the Marvels is the lowest pre-selling movie right now? I think I caught yeah some uh, inkling of that. Yeah. Problem is, you can't really promote it with you know actors and actresses doing interviews. You can't do that because the yeah. actor strike currently. But. Like man, that's like one the one movie I was like I actually have really high hopes for that movie. I got to say that I really do have high hopes, and it's kind of like the high hopes well, they fly. So shut up. <laughs> I dare love, you. I love that you know, sir. There's there's a lot of stuff that movie I think is gonna have, and I feel like that's gonna be the one that's gonna fly under the radar for a lot of people, and I can't wait. Like that's the one. I'm like everyone involved is pretty damn great. I love the actress who plays Ms. Marvel. I yeah. absolutely love her. I think she does a phenomenal job with the character. That show, by the way, for the most part, at least 80% of it is some of the best stuff I've seen in the Marvel Universe. And 
kind of excited to see where it goes from here. But yeah. with Loki season two. It's going to black at the end of the show. At the end, of, you know, it abandon could be. all hope, ye who enter. So who who thought that? Oh, I thought it was six episodes. Is it over after four? No, it's not. Why would you think that? Because it went totally dark, and That's like a, that was it. Well, then again, it did work for the Sopranos like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you know. But no, we, we're not. We're actually getting an episode of Loki next week. You'll be getting another episode of this show next week, and then after that is also the grand finale. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see where this could go, but at the same time, I'm also like, yeah, I'm indifferent. It's, you know, it depends on my day. It's probably right. But I think that's going to wrap but, this episode up for today. Eddie, overall, what did you think of the episode? On par with the general tone of, of all of them. Did you like it or didn't? Um, it, <laughs> it's like it pulling brought, teeth, ladies then, and gentlemen. Oh, I'm having that election day, actually, right in the front. Really? It's not going to be fun. Oh, that sucks. Well, bone loss happens. Hmm. Not of my doing. It must be genetics. I don't know what. But It was okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't Honestly, go. this is my favorite episode of the season so far. Okay. Yeah. It's I, much more cohesive. It's much more fluid. It's much more We know we know the stakes are there and okay, cool. We established that, but on the flip side, it could be done so much better. You know, it could be done so much better. But from an enjoyment standpoint, I did have much more enjoyment than any of the other episodes this season. But that's unfortunately not a very high bar to pass. Right. You have the height for it, though, too. Sure do. I can just walk over it. That's it. Might as well jump. Go go ahead, jump. Yeah, like you said, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Loki Season 2. Till the next one. Till nothing gets me down. Thanks, David. You gotta talk. Or tough. And you seen the toughest around. Okay, there we go. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's gonna wrap this episode up for this week. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Hang in there, Excelsior. And keep watching the skies. <laughs>